Another winner I had. I kind of I kind of like where the Knicks are at. Okay. Ready? Oh, let's hear it. Ready? Let's hear it. They have like no awful contracts right now. Have you met Joakim Noah? I have. Right. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. The take is in. All right, guys, we're back. It's uh, the take is in. There's a goddamn metronome playing. I'm gonna put that on pause. Good beat. Yeah, it's a good beat. DJ Mustard is sponsoring this podcast. Episode three. Episode three. DJ Mustard. Um, we're back. The only thing I have to mention to all all our uh, our fans out there is that we are at 66% capacity here. You've mm. just got myself, Michael Swander, and we only have Big Bad Adam in studio. New studio. New studio, new location. We're mobile in an undisclosed lo- location in Oakland. New vibes. New vibes. Um, Bayshawn was not able to make it today. Mm. Um, we're pouring one out for him. But through the um, majesty of technology, mm-hmm. we're going to have him participate just remotely. So prior to this podcast, because we are a three-man band, um, we had Bayshawn record some takes, but he recorded them mobily. Um, I asked him basically four essential questions for this podcast. One, how did he feel about us recording without him? Mm-hmm. Two, just give me your thoughts in general on the Kyrie situation. We're going to digest and unpack that a lot. A lot. Uh, sort of semi-related, uh, how did you feel about Theon Greyjoy uh, and sort of his act in um, episode two? A lot of takes Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. A lot of takes on Theon's They were moves. flying. They were flying. People were... Um, there's, there's a lot going on. Divided there. households. Exactly. House divided, if you will. Mm. Um, and then also John McCain being a big fat pussy. Um, that take is in. We got we to gotta wrap all those three up. So those are the four questions I asked him. Uh, we thought it would be easiest for him to just kind of leave us messages. The problem is, is that when he left us messages, he didn't really tell us which question he was answering. So I've got a bunch of messages that we got to get through with this podcast. And, mm-hmm. podcast. and, and with that said, uh, I think we're just going to get into the first one that he recorded. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Those peasants, they stink. Burn them. Like, come on. This is just so lame. This is a lamer version of Shaq and Kobe uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, yeah, I don't know about this one. I don't know how this works out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Goodness. Jesus Christ. He came in hot. Yeah, he said he was okay with us recording without him. Um, Does he feel like the Rick Fox of this team? I don't understand it, but he's trying to break us up. That's incredible. I mean, this is Dion Waiters-ish. You know, someone that just tells you that he's okay with his role when it's game time. And then hits a couple game winners, puts some, some big stats, and then he's trying to, he wants his own team now. And, you know, maybe Sean's going to South Beach. We don't know. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit abrasive, if I'm being completely honest. And he definitely said all those words in sequence. It wasn't edited at all. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, yeah, so... That's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I think to keep Bayshon in participation with this podcast, we understand that he's a little upset that we're recording without him. Uh-huh. But I'd like to sort of have him take us into the next part of the podcast, which is we got to unpack this Kyrie thing. Yeah. So with that said, I'm going to get to the second message. Um, we think it's about Kyrie, uh, possibly somebody else. Let's unpack it. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. 
signing in, first time caller, long time listener, an honor to be on. I got a lot of things I want to say, so let's just take it from the top. I'm not just going to stick to sports tonight. Let me preface all of this by saying I was not there at the club. I have no sources. All right, your legacy needs to be spelled with a capital L at this point. You are all talk, zero follow through. This guy is going to go down as a spineless, dickless chump. Gee, Jesus Christ, this is a family program. He is going to oh my God. add him. I, that could apply to John McCain. That could apply to Theon Greyjoy, or or that could apply to Kyrie. This seems like it's Kyrie, right? I mean, the capital L legacy. Yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, he did win a championship with one of the greatest shots in NBA history. Oh, okay. So Um, that might not check out. Spineless, check. Could probably confirm that. Dickless, not sure. I cannot confirm. Cannot confirm. I cannot confirm. But you said he had sources. He did. And one would think that might lean Theon Greyjoy due to the the dickless aspect. Right. However, he mentioned a club. Now, Middle Earth... Esteros, Westeros. I'm not a scientist. I don't know if they had clubs back then. Mm. Well, was it, was it flat back then? I don't know. A great. Wow. Let's just tie this all together. We don't know if the Earth is round. We don't know if it's flat. We don't know if Bashan's talking about Kyrie, Theon, or John McCain. Well, I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt because after you watch Game of Thrones, you realize that there are a lot more dickless dudes out there. Yeah. You know, just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. So. The Kyrie tank, pretty bold, pretty mm-hmm. brash. Be brash sometimes. Mm-hmm. Stick your neck out there, and you know, uh, I think it, I think it could be legit. I'm gonna assume he was talking about Kyrie Irving. So let's dive into that. Uh, recently, I think it was last Friday. Um, everybody thought the news was kind of over for the weekend. A lot of NBA reporters were going on vacation, looking forward to hanging out with their family. Mm. Windhorse said, "Nope, fuck your weekend." Yeah, uh, he fuck your family. Fuck your. I think Windhorse said, "Fuck your family." Yeah. Also, Kyrie. It's a good way, that'd be a good way to start the tweet when you break the news. <laughs> fuck your family. Sources. Yeah. Fuck your family. Kyrie wants out. Yeah. So much to unpack here. Uh, my first reaction was like, "Go Kyrie." I had mm. no qualms with it whatsoever. Um, we've all had coworkers that might have been overbearing, that get a lot of the credit, that get all the attention. Some might say they take the heat off you, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta leave the nest, you gotta spread your wings. Right. So I took it as, this guy's 25 years old, he's sort of already immortalized, and he's living in the shadow of arguably the greatest player of this generation, some argue ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and what more does he have to prove on that team? I think he sees LeBron getting out. Right. He's an easy out in, in a year from, from now. Right. And I think he was saying, you know what? Taking a page out of your book, bro. Controlling yeah. Controlling my own fucking destiny. He did, he did it before him. Yeah. I mean, you don't really want to be the guy that gets stuck on the post-LeBron roster. Mm-mm. Especially with a brand new GM that hasn't done anything so far. I mean, you're looking at if LeBron leaves, Kevin Love either gets traded. Like, you're just kind of – you're going to be stuck there rebuilding. Uh, I don't really know if – Winning is all that important to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if he if he can go to a team where he's one of the, like the top guy or the, or the second guy and and they win a lot, it's going to be great. But the fact that he put out that list of teams he would go to and he put the Knicks on there, I mean, I definitely <laughs> realized that still winners. Yeah, always winners. That was a big win for the Knicks being on that Even, list. Being, yeah, that's being one out of four was the greatest thing in their offense. People are not going to realize how many wins the Knicks had this offseason. Being on that list of teams that Kyrie would go to, that's a win. You heard it here first, guys. We said Knicks were winners. Episode fucking one. And we're not fucking walking back. We're no, doubling down now. We are seriously doubling down. And I was thinking about the list of those four teams, right? Like, 
on the one hand, you have New York, Miami, where you'd be the man instantly. I think he'd still be the man over KP, even though KP might have had, have a higher ceiling. Right. He would be sort of the guy. Yeah, he's the guy for sure. And then you look on the flip side. If he goes to Minnesota, one, I think Tibbs is fucking livid because he has to teach this guy to play defense. But two, I think that's still Jimmy Butler's team. Um, I think he'd have a hard time. They're both on the same timeline with two con- two-year contracts. Yeah. That, to me, is an interesting fit. And then there's the Spurs where... If you want to be the man, like that's no doubt Kawhi's team and Pop's team. Like I don't see that really. The Spurs one is always kind of weird to me, and I think some some time time times that kind of play it cute, like they would really enjoy being there. But I mean, Lamarcus said the same shit about being okay with not being the guy if he's in like the Spurs system, and, and he's been kind of a emotional you. train wreck. So I mean, I think the Spurs would be great. A great fit if it could work. I don't. I really don't see how they have anything close to the pieces that teams like the Timberwolves and I think the Knicks kind of sort of because they can maybe throw in Carmelo, but he obviously has the final say. And yeah, why, why would you want to go to the Cavs, Cavs without Kyrie? Right. Why would you want to go to the Cavs in general? general? Yeah. Ever. <laughs> right. And stop. Yeah. And I was thinking about that too. Like, if you take sort of the return that the Cavs get back out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to think what teams, either on his list or elsewhere, where if you just added Kyrie to a team mm-hmm. in the East or in the West, does that put them over the Warriors or the Cavs? And I was really stretched out. I was like, okay, obviously the play in the Eastern Conference is like, if you just added him to Boston, I still don't even know if that puts them... Yeah, exactly. Like, it, that's a tough sell. So, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Isaiah Thomas goes into Payless Shoe Store. He gets some six-inch heels. He comes out Kyrie Irving. I think they're both terrible, yeah. terrible at defense. They're one-way players. They might. The way that I look at it is Kyrie's offense. I think over the course of a season, his offense outweighs his defense. Like mm-hmm. over eighty-two games, you'll take that. Mm-hmm. But when it's a possession-by-possession game in the finals, in the playoffs, and he's a complete liability on the other end, yeah. that's where it's just like his value to me shrinks. It kind of just depends on what the moment is. I think if. It's kind of like if you, if you could have the, if you're starting point guard in a crucial playoff game, the first 44 minutes was John Wall, and the last four minutes was Kyrie. I think it could work out really well because he obviously is a big shot maker. Yes. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of guys that can hit some of those shots. Yes. And I mean he's great. He obviously hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history two years ago in Game Seven. And I think that's always going to be the plus with him, scoring-wise. But, yeah, he's kind of in that mode of – in that group of Isaiah Thomas and Dane Lillard to an extent where, you know, you're going to get a lot of great offense. Yeah. They're going to hit – they're not going to be – all three of those guys aren't afraid to take the last shot. Like, all three of those dudes, you want a big playoff game. But on the court – like, throughout the course of the season, if you're not on a, a great team like that and you're barely making the playoffs and your best player is Kyrie who – is a huge liability on the defensive end. You're not going to be that great of a team. Yeah, and speaking of those three guys, like if you'd asked me four weeks ago between Damian Lillard, John Wall, Kyrie Irving, who would be jealous of whom? I think the last thing that I would have thought is that Kyrie Irving is jealous of Damian Lillard and John Wall. It doesn't make any sense. I Zero sense. I get The only part that I think would make sense is that they have been the guy on that team yeah. to kind of go through the ups and downs of – being the leader, you know, trying to be an all-star point guard. I mean, you know, Dame has had – that's been his team, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, even with CJ emerging last year, it's still Dame's team. Right. The Wizards have been John Wall's team. And, you know, Kyrie has been in 
three NBA finals. He's gone, you know, averaging average the most shots on that team. Has the moments, you know, sells shoes, does all that. But I guess his argument was, I've never just been the guy since. Yeah. When he was super young with yeah. him and Waiters on the same team. Yeah, and a lot of people will say, like, oh, look what he did as sort of the front runner. And I'd be like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was, like, 19 years old when that happened. Yeah, that was he's, just, he's yeah. 25 now. So that team was terrible. I think you definitely have to think that he'd do a better job. But I'm still not sold as him as your number one option. I think he's one of the best number two options in the game. And he's played that well perfectly. But um, very surprising to hear that he was jealous of those two guys. Um Sure, Davis were making the playoffs, but never really had a shot outside of the second round. Right. And John Wall, as good as they played, and he, he ran, I don't know. It, just, it was very odd to me to say, like, those are the two guys, like, reported as, I'm jealous of them. Yeah, I wonder, and I wonder if Kyrie would have, would have said the same thing if he still didn't have a title. Like, I just, I think it's great for him that he has that one ring, and now he can try to go out and be his, you know, be the star player of his own franchise, but... I just even wonder if even if they didn't win a title, if he would still be like, I'm, I'm jealous of those guys. I also think that if he didn't win a title and was doing this, he'd be getting crucified. Yeah. In the media. Like, I think that that gives him a bit of a pass. Is For that sure. He was the guy in that series. They mm-hmm. called his number and he hit the shot. Yeah. And if he wasn't that, you know, if he sort of played his part and they lost all three of them, yeah. that's a tough sell. It's a sad, it's kind of sad for the NBA, I think. You know, I wasn't one of those guys that was super upset that KD joined the Warriors, but in the same way, I was. it was kind of a bummer to lose a title-contending team like the Thunder were. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to – I mean, I'm not sure exactly if Kyrie is going to make it to training camp or I feel like he's going to be traded eventually, but – I want to see Pouty Kyrie in training camp. I would love to see him just upset and he getting traded like mid-December. Yeah. <laughs> what bugs me out is that we're going – we're pretty much going – depending on what the Cavs get back for Kyrie, which could be – they might make a good deal. We'll see. But we're almost kind of losing – Tile contenders and back-to-back off seasons. Yeah, we lost. We lost the Thunder, and yeah, the Warriors number dead to rights. I mean, yeah, that was a that was a team that that year you could have really made an argument that they could have won the the chip. And now, if Cleveland, even if they return, you know, an Eric Bledsoe or whatever package is rumored, I, I think they're. I don't know if they're going to end up being better than they were last year, which obviously they lost in five games. But I mean, that's still the second best team in the league. Yeah. So, in a, in a sense, it was, it was kind of a bummer because I, I, could, I could go for another Warriors-Cavs finals next year. Like, I, I like watching all those players compete, so. Yeah, and I, think, I think if he goes west, I think we'll probably still see a Warriors-Cavs finals. Because, mm-hmm. um, like you said, I think Phoenix is probably the likely destination if it, if it is, if he does go west. Um, but I want to go back to the Spurs topic because LaMarcus Aldridge, mm-hmm. for those just if you were thinking of a different LaMarcus, mm-hmm. speaking of that, LaMarcus Aldridge, he had sort of, you know, said he would accept the role and reports come out that he's sort of fed up with the Spurs and who is fed up with the Spurs. And then Kyrie is saying, I'm fed up playing with LeBron. And I mean, off the court, you know, off the table, like on the court, that's a pretty tough thing to say. You're having a hard time with it. I think he makes everybody's job easier. In your opinion, which is worse, saying like, I'm done with the Spurs or I'm done with LeBron? I think... You want to be in the LeBron business in the mm-hmm. NBA. I mean, that guy's going to be. I want to be. I've applied multiple times. I mean, people know who James Jones is mm-hmm. because he just figured out how to be LeBron's teammate for 26 years in a row. Yeah, you got to ride the hot hand. I mean, you're going to be in the finals. He was Kyrie's doing fine with endorsements. His shoes are super popular. Mm-hmm. But I think you got to stay in the LeBron business, right? 
I mean, yeah, if I were, I mean, see, that's why I think at the end of the day, like, this, this might be, I think it's so much less a basketball decision than he's letting it on to be. Right. Where he's saying, like, I want my own team, like, I want to be the man. I think he just can't stand being in the same fucking room as LeBron. And I, I think he said, you know what, the next 365 days of my life, like, I want to control my destiny. Like, I'm miserable here. Mm-hmm. It's sure winning is one thing, but we've already won a title. And, like, you grind my ears, dude. All yeah. you do is yell at me. And when I hit shots, it's like, look at what LeBron did. And when, I, when we lose, it's like, well, he had no help. It's a ballsy move because no one really would ever expect a player that was on the second best player in a team that went to three straight NBA finals to say I'm out I don't really want to do this yeah but if I like I like I said and we've talked about it if he would have just came out and been completely honest and maybe even said hey I know for a fact LeBron is fucking booking it after this year I'm not going to be stuck here alone I'm going to go out first See, that would be incredible I would love so the honest crazy. press conference yeah. from Kyrie would like be met with thunderous applause like look we did it we tried I can't stand this guy he's a dick he's going to be gone in a year anyway Please trade me. And people love when he sings. People love singing Kyrie. Mm-hmm. So if he just came out in a press conference and sang oh. that he was demanding a trade, yeah. people would go crazy over it. Maybe the South Hamilton, you know, double dip. That's in. He's in. See? Yeah. That's building your brand. That idea's for free. Yeah, that's... Thank you, Kyrie. All right, so I think we've, we've somewhat unpacked the Kyrie situation. Um, and I think, I think we've had a little bit too much silence about Bayshon chiming in. So. Yeah. The, the next few messages that he left, to be honest, they were a jumble. I don't know really what he was talking about, but right. I, my, my inbox was running out of space, so they kind of were like cutting in and out. I was deleting messages. Only a few were saved. But I hope, hopefully we can all figure it out. I think we can figure it out. So with that said, um, I'm just going to hit play here on my speakerphone of my landline, mm-hmm. and um, we're just going to see how it goes. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. We're supposed to believe that he was blindsided, you know, allegedly wanting to beat the other one's ass. Dude, take a lap. You suck. Bayshon, out. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. And so the Cavs signed Derek Rose, um, the carcass that he is. You are a loser, Mr. Gilbert. Bayshon, out. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. That's all I got. I'm going to go walk my dog. Hashtag enjoying my summer. Bayshon out. <laughs> wow. Okay. A uh, lot to unpack there. Really went hard on McCain on that one. Yeah. Really, really anti-McCain, which we can respect. Um, we're not sponsored by anybody politically yet, so we can still say that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's see here. <sighs> Where do we start here? Um... Obviously, Mr. Gilbert is a loser in his eyes. Yeah. Before we get into the Rose signing, I think we need to talk about the fact that LeBron was reportedly by Stephen A. Smith quoted, direct quote, through a source, which I don't know how that works, um, as saying, if he were were to see Kyrie on the street today, he would be tempted to beat his ass. Thoughts? That's a bold, bold source from Stephen A. Smith. He already has... Man of his word. Well, he already has a bad relationship with KD. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you don't want to make an enemy out of him. You don't. So LeBron is needs, that. To, LeBron needs to admit it. SummerSlam is coming up. Yeah, the second biggest WWE oh. pay-per-view of the season. You knew that. Yeah, um, So that's coming up next month. So yeah, a wrestling. A Kyrie-LeBron cage match would think would draw better numbers than Connor Floyd. Do people care about that? I don't know. Mm. 
There's a world tour, but I don't think anybody watched. No, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, something you just watched on YouTube. But LeBron beating another player's ass. Mm -hmm. How many guys, how many other guys are you taking in the NBA to actually win that? That fight? Yeah, that fight. It's I don't think Kyrie, I don't think that's a, a favorable matchup for Kyrie. No, and that's why I actually think it's one of the most least impressive threats I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. You're talking about a six foot nine, 260 pound, like, athletic freak against, no offense to Kyrie, he's an absolutely like, very skilled and gifted athlete, but mm-hmm. you see him on the street, it's like, there's a tall, in shape guy. And yeah. You see LeBron, like, holy fucking shit. Right. It's, it, yeah, I feel like for such a bold statement that from LeBron. I think that that really deserved an uninterrupted video. Yeah. I think LeBron films himself and says, hey, breaking news, I feel like I can beat Kyrie's ass. I mean, that that shocks waves. I mean, I I can't wait for the Barbershop episode two with some more Chianti, some more Merlots, a couple deep reds. I I hate to ask the tough questions here, but is the Barbershop series still in play now that LeBron is bald? Great question. What's he going to be doing there? You know what? I don't know that I'm qualified to answer this question. Mm. However, I think he can live on. He can get, you know, straight razor shaves. There you go. He can just hang out and watch Draymond get lined up. That's going to be nice. He can just chug, you know, chug lots of wine and then eventually admit to the camera that he wants to beat Kyrie's ass. While eating a Blaze pizza. Of course. I mean, you got it. It's not Blase, right? I don't think so. You got to capitalize. Blaze. (laughs) You got to capitalize on branding there. Um, Blaze Pizza, we would happily take that sponsor. Yes, please. We love pizza. If it's Blase, no thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on how you pronounce the name, uh, really, we're We're either in or out. That's sort of our deciding factor. I think, again, it's the weight difference to me that just makes it such a childish thing. Like, that's me walking up to a fifth grader and being like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then I'm being like, wow, okay, you're an adult. Yeah. I wonder how that would feel, though. Maybe I, mean, I, I, you know, I said if I wouldn't do it, but maybe it'd be worth it. Just tell the if fifth I, grader. If I told a fifth grader I want to beat your ass, and he was like, "Can you please trade me?" I think it's totally, totally reasonable. What would happen? I don't. I think I'd be in a weird predicament if I went up to a fifth grader and said, "I can beat your ass," and he looks at me and goes, "Try me right now." <laughs> I think I'd walk away. And I said, uh, "Well, I actually, really can't. I mean, that's <laughs> oh, shit, you called my bluff. I mean, that's a lawsuit. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that I could. Same. Um, yeah, I know. I think it's. It's overblown a little bit, but maybe it's not. This is all of this is like why I want to see Grumpy Kyrie in training camp. Like yeah. as much as it's probably best for both both parties if they just you know cut ties and, and go their separate ways. I, I just want to see like preseason game three. Yeah. And like Kyrie's not playing, just sitting there pouting. I I would be here for that. I just I I, I got a feel for Cavs fans because it. I'm sure this is how kind of like Lakers fans with Kobe and Shaq. It's got to just piss you off when you have a good thing going. You have, like, it's so hard to have a favorite sports team actually be good, yeah. actually be great, you know, to be in the finals all those years. And Cavs fans, it's like they, it's the final day of summer, mm-hmm. you know, they're in college, they're going home. Um, they were close to, close to a 4.0 and they totally just bombed. The, the last final so I mean it's like the Cavs like you were really close just didn't make it but hey just keep everything the same run it back next year just you know add add some different you know moves to your roster and come back to college refreshed and ready for a better year and it's like you come back and you just see that this girl you've been crushing on you know gained 20 pounds in the summer like what happened it was three months 
Speaking of coming back refreshed for the next year and gaining 20 pounds, Derrick Rose is wow. the new point guard. Possibly starting point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He went from earning $21.3 million in the final year of his contract for the New York Knicks down to a measly, a petty, just a, a scoff at $2.1 million. Um, that's a pretty big pay decrease. Would you accept it's the same job for 10% pay? Go. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Especially when Ron Baker was still making more than me. Yeah, double. Um, more than double per year. 2.1, I mean, I think Derrick Rose, I think he'll be able to figure out a way to make it. I'm just letting him know that that doesn't get you a one-bedroom in Pleasanton. No. So stay in Cleveland. Do not come to California with that whack Capital W WAC contract. Because you're going to be living here with me, buddy. <laughs> Got an extra bump. Um, We're, I didn't want to disclose the location, though. Yeah, no, just undisclosed We're location. We're at Blaze Pizza. <laughs> we won't give you cross pizza. Um, but now that Derrick Rose is officially back, he's signed with an NBA team. Um, one, I think the fit there is just doesn't make any sense. I think if he was their sixth man, I mean, I think they obviously, like, Recording him when Kyrie was still in play, I think they might have rushed to judgment because now the Kyrie, I think the signing happened after the Kyrie news broke. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I would love to see sort of the resurgence of Derrick Rose. I think it's really, I think it's really, it's really, it's really sad. Thank you. He was one of my favorite players to watch four yeah. or five years ago, and to see sort of him fade out the way that he has has been pretty depressing. Um, yeah. I would love to see him as like the the sixth man who runs the second unit, just surrounded by the shooters on Cleveland. I think it would be really fun. But if he's in the role where you take away Kyrie's minutes, he's going to have to sort of carry a little bit more load on the offensive end. I just don't see that working, especially when LeBron is the primary ball handler and Rose offers zero spacing whatsoever. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to be weird now with the Kyrie trade because depending on what Cleveland's thought process is, are they you know, looking to flip Kyrie for another point guard? You know, we, Everyone kind of mentions Eric Bledsoe and... And he knows another guy that maybe could plug in there. Or are they just looking for another wing and just saying to themselves, well, we have Rose as our starting point guard. We can now ship Kyrie off and not ask for a point guard back because we have Rose. And that's probably just more dangerous because, right, if he's he's the starting point guard, I mean, that's going to be trouble. Yeah, it's not great. It's not – it's not – it's just not a great fit. But like you said, if he was – if he had – the Darren Williams minutes last season, that would probably would have been perfect. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. To not have Kyrie there. And, you know, you're, you know, like, it's really just up in the air on who they get back for Kyrie because you're looking at a team that only, besides Rose, added Calderon and Jeff Green. Yeah. Future Hall of Famers. I mean, players. Boston is a big winner here. Boston's a huge winner. Boston is a huge winner. Danny Ainge is sitting there going, like, I fucking told you guys. Yeah. Okay? The window was not forever. We were building for now and for later, and it's very possible that both are about to Big happen. week for Danny Ainge. Huge. Also a big week for this church pastor. Yeah. Let's talk about the Beeps pastor. Be- so this dude, uh, I, can't, I can't give him credit if he has a full name, but I'm just going to go with this dude. Convinced Bieber mm-hmm. to just stop touring, to just say, I need some me time. Yeah, I spoke to the big man Some Bieber's time, yeah. yeah. And now he's the one that convinced Kyrie to ask for a trade. I, I have watched a lot of Scientology documentaries on Netflix. Oh. And this screams to me. Oh. 
Like, it could be something shady. Blink three times if you're in trouble. I would say if all the fans and listeners out there Dozens of Google Biebs pastor dude, Justin Bieber's pastor guy, and you will find some interesting information about this. Please get back to us because I have no idea what that search is. Really? Okay, I want to give you... Okay, I think the two, the three searches, you know, we have a lot of deep dive listeners. Mm-hmm. A lot, I, I get a lot of feedback. A lot of people talk to me about how it's not just that they listen to the podcast, right. but they do deep dives after. Right. We're part of, we, we bring joy into their home and yeah. just like, peel back the layers yeah, from there. Like, whoa, was, what was this inside joke about? Oh, when Bayshaw went on the rant about the Niners and the Browns and the 20-yard line and Marshawn Lynch, that's what he meant. He just didn't think Deion Waiters was worth the risk. Exactly. So here are my three deep dives. Very excited. One, I'm just got to say, Justin Bieber's pastor. Okay. Also just put in Kyrie Irving so you can get like the full Google search. Mm-hmm. Maximize your search on the first try. Absolutely. The second one, whack star. Okay. One word. Now this gentleman, from what I have seen on my Instagram research, is very close with notable celebrities Chris Brown, okay, Tyga, and Bow Wow. I can find no character flaws in the three men. That's a big. That's a big three. It's a huge big three. They might win the tournament. He might. I'm not sure if he's like behind the scenes manager. He definitely seems like he does something in the music industry. Well, he is very close with Kyrie as well. I can confirm because I. Instagram stock for about an hour. A couple, okay. couple photos there. We call research, research folks. Yeah, they, that's what I get paid for. That's what Bashan is doing right now. Research for yeah. episode four. So he deleted, but he had one of those Instagram stories where it's like that really cool technology that only like Pixar people know how to do. Instead of just posting a picture, you just post uh, just a screenshot of words mm. and you make an Instagram story because oh, like, yeah. how fucking cool is that man Super I don't even want to see pictures of you just you're just typing words yeah. he said something and it's deleted now so I can't give the full quote fuck LeBron fuck boy I know you were lying mm. so that's the second one figure out the relationship the relationship between Kyrie mm-hmm. Bow Wow yep. and LeBron lying connect the dots and now third now this one's getting really tough for me. I I yeah. love happy homes. I love everyone coming together, family dinners, family no games. You know that's what that's the American dream, right? Yeah. Well, LeBron has to face the Warriors every year, mm-hmm. and I think that is what is his biggest obstacle. Mm-hmm. Number two behind yeah. the current Golden State Warriors yeah. is. Duh, D-A, the real Lambo. Okay. Please elaborate for the listeners unaware. The real Lambo, who has been dating LeBron's mom. Mm. Now, when at LeBron on his Instagram, which is private, so I couldn't do the full research, but I did rely on my friends from mediatakeout.com. Yeah. Sources. Yeah. Sources within sources. Yeah. It's like an inception of sources. Yes. So the real Lambo was going at LeBron... There may be some friction there. I think LeBron had maybe referenced the story about DeLambo not treating his mom well or something like that that caused Lambo to come out on his Instagram and say, LeBron, I will basically destroy your marriage. I have seen I have seen like the cheating. Yeah. I know for yeah, a yeah. fact like yeah. you're lying. Didn't call out LeBron by name, but it came at a very curious time. So that is the third deep dive is Lambo. 
gonna have to you're gonna really do some weird shit you're gonna have to go on his Instagram it's private you're gonna have to request access right come back to us show us all like the pics we're not allowed to see it I am extremely confident that this is the first segment on our podcast that will 100% without a doubt be cataloged in the Smithsonian because this is now a primary document I mean that was sourced perfectly I don't think there were it was a bulletproof argument Mm -hmm. nobody could really debate anything that you were saying absolutely not and so when we go through sort of the chronicles of the Kyrie LeBron drama I think that this is going to be sort of exhibit 1A Mm-hmm. In, the, in the audio section of, of what do we need to know? You gotta know the players behind the scenes. You gotta know the worldwide Wesses before they become major. And yeah. that's why I'm getting you on Waxstar, mm-hmm. Lambo, and Bieber's Priest guy. Lots of that, lot, that, lot that, though, that big three is shaping up the NBA offseason. And that take is in. And that take is in. It's in. I'd like to pivot a little here. I think we've oh. sort of uh, beaten a dead horse with the Kyrie LeBron situation. But I would like to switch over to the West and the Spurs because I think that the Spurs have gotten away with a lot of signings and non-signings that if they were not the Spurs, if they were not run by Greg Popovich, they would be absolutely crucified. They would be, there would be a witch hunt out because they basically let Jonathan Simmons walk, Dwayne Dedman walk, and they brought back Paul Gasol for more money than he opted out of and signed Rudy Gay, who's 31, coming off an Achilles injury. Oh, I don't really need to spell it out for people, but the history of people over the age of 30 with an Achilles injury is not great. Mm-hmm. I think Chalmers is probably the best one, and he hasn't even really come back yet. No. So the Rudy Gay signing I don't really have a problem with because it's one year and the second year is not guaranteed. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of an overpay given the injury. But letting Simmons and Devin Wallach, I would rather have Devin straight up over Powell, and they're paying Powell three years, $48 million. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I think, like you said, the Spurs are – definitely had just kind of gotten passes. Yeah. And this offseason was just a huge question mark. I think if you if you pretend that if you switch places and had all these moves be like the Knicks offseason, right. I think Bayshon would have called this the biggest win ever in NBA history. Yeah. Yeah, I think like you build like a statue for, for the GM. Yeah. Rudy um, Gay becomes a part owner player coach. There is not one bad contract on that Spurs roster right now. Not a single one. No. Pal Gasol, wow. Opted out. Yeah. Got basically the same exact deal. But longer. Longer, yeah. No, no I think it was, he was due $8 million and they signed him to three years, 48. Big, that was big time. I actually don't know if that's a fact, so we, yeah. we don't deal with that. Denman, he really fell out of favor with Popovich in the playoffs. Which yeah, you, I mean, he was being benched in key situations. Which really confused me. I think I'd much rather have Denman going forward for that contract than what Powell's making. Especially with the way the NBA is going. Like, Do you want a guy who can play solid defense, run to the rim, and be a pick-and-roll threat? Or do you want kind of a lumbering guy that... I mean, he, he's tall enough to where he's not – he's bad at defense, don't get me wrong. But he, he's been in the league long enough where he can make up for some of that with his length. Mm-hmm. He just screams a lot in the paint. He'll hit the, the elbow jumper and get a couple boards. But there's nothing about Powell that makes me think he can play in the final stretch of an NBA Finals game or even remotely scare the opposition as far as how to game plan for him. And I think with Deadman, if you don't have a good defensive big, like a pick and roll with him at the top of the key is hard to guard. I don't think anything that Powell does is hard to guard. Yeah, that's Spurs in a room. <clears throat> really weird spot I think having LaMarcus on that on that team is really tough he's all he's borderline untradeable yeah he's really hard to deal to get any sort of value back uh, losing out on Chris Paul was huge yeah that could have really swung everything but you know they're in a weird place where I know that they're trying to still compete during Kawhi's prime right 
But, you know, at some point, you know, Tony Parker and Ginobili are going to be gone probably after this year. Yeah. So now, you you know, you, your core is Patty Mills, mm-hmm. Kawhi, Powell for a few more years. They have, do you have some, like, decent young guys? Like, DeJounte Murray looks decent. Um, well, you want to see it, though. Yeah, Derek there, White yeah. from their rookie this year. I think these all are going to be good rotation guys. I don't know if we have any idea that these guys are going to be, like, future all-stars. But, yeah, they had, they're in a weird spot because – the Rudy Gay, Pau Gasol Band-Aids, and LaMarcus Aldridge, this is not a team that scares me at all anymore. No, it's... Uh, I could see them still being a top three team in the West based off, you know, regular season record, but I don't know. I, did, I just would not be... I would not be scared to face that team. You know, obviously Kawhi almost had the Spurs over the Warriors in game one, which was... Yeah. That was amazing, and it really sucked that he went down like that, but... Yeah, I think losing losing guys just that were valuable, Deadman and Simmons, for good deals, and Rudy Gay, we have no idea how that's going to look. Absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I still, still think they're, they're going to just find a way to win sixty games. Yeah, that's like what they're, they're, always, they're always they're always going to be close. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, hey, it's a tribute to Popovich, but just at that roster, if you if you said that was the Orlando Magic. I don't know how much the win projection would drop if it wasn't sort of the Spurs infrastructure and the Spurs staff that is mm-hmm. running this team. Are we on Popovich watch? I think for how many more years he's going to coach? Yeah, he's going to start retiring and move to California and drink wine. Yeah, I think he. I think unlike Derrick Rose, he can afford to yeah. live outside of Pleasanton. Yes, I, think I believe. Fine. Yeah, I mean he's actually making more than double. Yeah. What, what I just wonder how. I wonder how many more seasons he has. I just think I. I know he kind of wanted to stick around for Kawhi's prime. Yeah. But that's that's gonna be a sad day. We Absolutely. The, I, he Popovich. I'm not sure if this is in his character, but he needs to do the farewell tour. He needs to let everyone know ahead of time. Yeah. Because that is that could be one of the most fun things that ever happens in the NBA, where every opposing team's sideline reporter gets cussed out on on TV for Popovich's farewell tour. I think that would just be great. And then Draymond's just John Adam like, oh, you thought you were Phil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thought you were Phil? I'm going to get fucking shit. So I think, you know, to summarize, we've got to end on the Bayshon quote here, but I think, in a, in a sentence, the, the NBA offseason so far for me has just been more movement than I ever thought was possible. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. I, this NBA offseason is probably a top three show in 2017. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see what happens with the last five episodes of Game of Thrones. Right. Um, what do you think would be number two of 2017? I think NBA offseason number three. The challenge is up there. That's just random. Yeah. You, you already mentioned SummerSlam. So yeah. I mean, those are kind of 2A, 2B. But this has been great drama. Yeah. I mean, the Kyrie thing came out of nowhere. Literally nowhere. I had no idea that was coming. And... Like we said, Brian Windhorst, you seem like a great guy. I think when you drop those bombs, you start out the tweet saying, fuck your family. It's Kyrie gonna, wants out. <laughs> Instead of Woj bombs, we're going to have fuck your family bombs. Yeah. All right, with that said, guys, I think we're going to wrap this up. This has been episode three of The Take Is In. Uh, we're sorry to not have Bayshon in the studio, but he was here in spirit with his rambling takes on our definitely real, unedited landline messages that he left. I mean, and, how, how could we know how to edit those? I know. You <laughs> Multitask? Yeah, come on. Fucking one take here. We're the star players. Someone else needs to do that. Alright guys. You guys have a great week. We'll we'll check in whenever we decide to again. Miss you all. Bye. 
Recent research has shown that empirical evidence for globalization of corporate innovation is very limited. And as a corollary, the market for technologies is shrinking. As a world leader, it's important for America to provide systematic research grants for our scientists. I believe strongly that there will always be a need for us to have a well-articulated innovation policy with emphasis on human resource development. Thank you. What happened? I blacked out. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, your rebuttal, Mr. Carville. Uh, we have no response. That was perfect. That's the way you debate.